Welcome to Shear Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, on the shoreline. My name is Patty Scalzo, and I am so happy you could be with us today. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing the fascinating study series on heavenly authority as he contrasts the man of God with the prophet of God. In our last program, we ended having read Balaam's second prophecy, and it is at this point that Pastor Greg resumes the study. At the end of the program, I will be giving information about Shir Jashub, where you can contact us, and an invitation to join us for our Sunday service. So have a paper and pencil handy. But for now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he teaches from the book of Numbers. <laughs> Notice he says he sees no iniquity in Jacob. He has seen no wickedness or can be translated trouble or misery. There's no misfortune for him. Now we've seen the sins of the Israelites' fathers. But in the sense when they're compared to the nations, that sin is being covered over. When God compares them to the nations because he's calling them. He's calling them out as a people to preserve his word. This is really the way God is going to stop that muddying stop the way the ancient world has taken some of his ways and mixed them with some of the devil's ways by taking out a people to which he can give his pure word not only that but what does it say and the shout of a king is among them and here is a prophecy of one of the reasons why God deals so favorably with Israel because there's a shout of a king among them the king the Messiah will come from them and God will preserve them because of that king. And what we see here is a hint of a messianic prophecy. One of the earliest of the messianic prophecies and it doesn't come from the mouth of David, doesn't come from the mouth of Isaiah. It comes from the mouth of a sinful prophet who will wind up in a very bad place named Balaam. The prophet's words versus the prophet's heart. We need to listen to the word if it comes from God. We need to be careful that not everyone that can speak a word from God has their heart in the right place. There is no sorcery against Jacob. The word there in the Hebrew is norkash. There is not any divination. That word there is again we saw before the diviner's fee, kesem. There is no divination against Israel. None of these things are going to work against God's people. And what does Balak say? Verse 25. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. If you're not going to curse them, don't bless them. So Balaam answered and said to Balak, Did I not tell you, saying, All that the Lord speaks, that I must do? Sounds like Balak's about to give up. But then we read in verse 27, Then Balak said to Balaam, Please come, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God. And we almost see here that he's making a little bit of a fool out of Balaam, that Balaam has his faith in God. He just wants Balaam to do his stuff. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse him for me from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor that overlooks the wasteland. And then Balaam said to Balak, build for me seven altars, 
and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams all over again. And Balak did it. Balaam had said he's very obedient, and he offered a bull and a ram on every altar. But this time it's different when the way Balaam approaches God. And in chapter 24 and verse 1, we read, Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as at other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness. Balaam is finally getting it. He did not go as at other times to seek to use sorcery or enchantments. And that word there for sorcery is again nokash. We saw that before. Uh, it's also rendered enchantments or divination or the interpreting of omens. It's the word we saw in Numbers chapter 23, in verse 23, where it says there is no sorcery against Jacob. It's the word also used for Joseph's cup in Genesis chapter 44, the cup for divination in the masquerade with his brothers. It's the same word that Laban uses when he speaks to Jacob in Genesis chapter 30, when he says, I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. And that word for learned by experience in the New King James is again, nokash. I have learned by divination. And remember, Laban believes in Yahweh, the word there, Lord, is Yahweh, yet Laban has idols. I have learned by divination that Yahweh has blessed me for your sake. From this verse, chapter 24 and verse 1, we start to see something else about Balaam. There is this shadowy line in the world at his time between divination, Nokash, and prophecy. Even as there is a muddying of the pure faith in Yahweh, which we spoke about. And someone could say, well, perhaps divination is just another word for prophecy. And an argument could be made there that this nokash, that he did not seek to use sorcery, is just some other word for prophecy. But in Leviticus chapter 19, and verse 26, it says, You shall not eat anything with the blood. You shall not practice divination, nokash or soothsaying, or observing times, or non in the Hebrew. In Deuteronomy 18.10, in the King James it says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, kesem, we saw that word before, or an observer of times, or non, or an enchanter, Nakosh, or a witch, Koshoth. There's important points here, just from this very first verse. He did not go as at other times to seek to use sorcery. First, it tells us that Balaam has gone the last two times with evil motives toward Israel. 
in spite of God's word to him, do not go, do not curse, for they are blessed. God's clear will that they're blessed, he's gone the last two times seeking to use sorcery, seeking to use enchantment. And if we take a moment, we can see in Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 3, an instruction given to the Israelites. It says, An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. Even to the tenth generation, none of his descendants shall enter the assembly of the Lord forever. Because they did not meet you with bread and water on the road when you came out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor from Pethor of Mesopotamia to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Yahweh, the Lord your God, would not listen to Balaam. What is that telling us? Balaam went there himself asking to curse the people. While he's waiting upon the Lord, he's looking to curse them. And he's looking to use a little sorcery, a little enchantment. If you look in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 9, it says, Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Again, I would not listen to Balaam. I delivered you out of his hand. So when it says that he did not go this third time, as other times, to seek to use sorcery, we clearly see from this in the scriptures I just read you that Balaam's heart was not aligned with God's will. He was looking to curse them. God would not listen to him. And he's also looking to use sorcery. And here's the second important point from this. Not only is Balaam set against Israel in his heart, but he's looking to use this enchantment, this sorcery, which we read is forbidden in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And the point is that those who are open to spiritual things can be used by God for the things of his spirit. But they can also by nature be open to evil spiritual influences and evil practices if there's sin in their hearts. If sin is found in their hearts, they can also be open to evil spiritual things. And what do I mean? If you have a believer in God who knows nothing and wants to know nothing of the spiritual realm, that person is not going to ask for and neither is going to receive any anointing or supernatural gift or endowment from the Holy Spirit. They don't know the spiritual realm, they don't want to know the spiritual realm, and they stay out of it. But a believer who is open to the things of the Spirit will ask and pray 
And God can, if he chooses, use that individual, gift that individual. But by definition of character, because that person is more open to the otherworldly, because that person is more open to the supernatural, he or she could also be in danger apart from the Lord if they stray to be attracted by other experiences, other spiritual methods apart from the Lord God. Balaam knows a little divination. Balaam knows a little sorcery. Balaam knows the methods of the soothsayer. And as the person struggles between the two, as a person like Balaam, open to the spiritual realms, struggles in this dynamic situation, this dichotomy could go on for a while. This muddying, this mingling of two opposites, but only for a while. We rejoice that you could join us for the program today and hope that it was a blessing to you. We here at Sheer Jashub love to receive your notes of encouragement, or if you feel led of the Lord to financially support the Bible study outreach of our church, please send all correspondence and donations to Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Also, if you will be in the area, please join us for Sunday service. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go down to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jeshub.